0: hey guys it's me georgia simmons founder of greedy vegan and welcome back to another exciting episode of catch-ups in my kitchen this week i'm joined by hugh and howell from elite the new cereal on the market which is completely redefining the industry we all know how important breakfast is in order to fuel your days and therefore Elite have created a cereal that is nutritionally complete and satisfies your every need. Whether that's gut health, gluten-free, low sugar and plant-based, Elite satisfies it all. Cereals had quite a questionable reputation up until now for basically just being sugary carbs. But these two are definitely redefining that. From Bristol University to Elite, Hugh and how's journey has been fun and fast paced and I cannot wait for you all to get a taste for their passion. This is a really fun episode where we talk all about their journey, how it started, why it started, what's so special about Elite, how it really is for everyone, who their market is, who their customers are. We touched on everything and it was so much fun. So I feel like you're going to love this. <music> elite hit our screens and shop shelves three months ago and they are already in planet organic hugh and Hal's passion is completely redefining the market guys i'm not going to do you guys justice so do you mind giving me a 30 second elevator pitch on like who you are and what you do
1: yeah let's do it i'll go for it it? yes i'm Hal. this is hugh we're co-founders of elite so it's a balanced high protein cereal that's also high fiber low sugar vegan friendly and gluten-free Got four flavors: chocolate, cinnamon, strawberry, and vanilla. In two recycled packaging formats: two 50 gram resealable pouches and 50 gram single serve packs. So we go for a breakfast at home, on the go, post workout, uh, afternoon snack, or even a post dinner treat. Uh, Elite launched about three and a half months ago now, but we had an 18 month product development phase before we launched. And we are largely direct to consumer, although we've just launched into Planet Organic and we've been the best selling cereal there for the last couple of weeks. Did you I anything else? <laughs> That's pretty good. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I think what I just what I just took from what you just said then, yeah. and we're going to go on to something else in a minute. But just quickly, I feel like for the food market now, there's so many boxes you have to tick. You have to be gluten free, vegan, <laughs> yeah. sustainable, and you're listening. And I just thought, oh my god, like it is really tough now to like tick all of those boxes.
2: It's it's funny you say that because I think when we first started out, I think we had the option of making the protein series the with a milk protein or a plant-based protein and one of the things we said was we didn't want to exclude anyone and that's kind of where the gluten-free and the vegan friendly aspect kind of probably originated from at the start which is always quite funny people don't really realize that
0: yeah no for sure so a tradition on the podcast is we have quick fire questions just to like warm it all up because there's two of you i want you to say at the same time to see if they kind of match so it's gonna be quite fun so sweet or savory Sweet. sweet okay juicy burger or overloaded salad
2: burger. juicy burger
0: <laughs> crisps or popcorn crisps ooh ice cream or sorbet
2: sorbet ice cream
0: cook in or eat out eat, eat out. out and what's your favourite delivery
2: probably a tie mm. yeah I'd say Rose's Thai.
0: good one I think Thai is a bit yeah it's an easy yeah. one it's a good one so it's like Mr. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> Um, so, you guys launched three months ago. How has it been? Because like, you guys have done so much in three months.
1: Hectic. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, I think. I think um, we're probably fortunate because our product development stage was so long. We had quite a lot of time to like plan um, our launch to some extent. But I don't think you can ever really plan for when you actually go to market and everything starts kicking off. I think particularly um, going into retail probably a lot sooner than we originally planned so I think we set out really to be a direct consumer business at least for the first six to 12 months and then we said we'd sort of establish our customer base and, and maybe pursue retail then but I think just a few opportunities arose for us um which were too good to turn down yeah um and I think the the added complexity of like being omnichannel uh so early on has caused a few headaches but in a positive sense I guess um because mm. it's been great but I think it was uh, yeah a few challenges it was unexpected. Describe
2: it as probably organised chaos, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's just been pretty hectic, but really positive, and have kind of enjoyed kind of mucking in every every part of the business. Quite funny, <laughs> but yeah, there's different parts that have probably taken more time than we would have thought. But yeah, no, it's all all moving nicely now, which is. It's good in, in the right way. <laughs> mm, I
0: feel like when there's momentum as well, you just got to keep it going. Like if things come your way, like obviously you're not going to turn it down. Like mm. it's amazing. It's just gonna be like yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I mean, you guys are probably the same. I remember I just say yes to everything. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, I, I've got to now work out what's actually on brand and what's not. But I mean, it's just like yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll go to a party. Yeah, we'll go to this, go to that. <laughs> like whatever it is to grow the brand and to like get the name out there. I mean, it's it's really great. Yeah. I, think,
2: well, I was going to say it's kind of that. I think because of we're both quite young I think the naivety in a way is like we have some great advisors who sometimes just say go down certain routes and stick to it and test it out but you kind of whenever there's an opportunity you kind of jump at it almost because you don't really know exactly where your market is just yet and you're trying to find different different paths and like little niches that it's quite funny that you just as much as you know you probably shouldn't be going down every route you kind of take every opportunity as it comes Mm. Yeah, I think When you listen to, I
1: do like to listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of founders speaking and everything, most people say early on their journey, they just said yes and then worked it out. And I think when you first hear that, you're like, yeah, but did you? And then when you start to do it, you realise actually they're probably talking quite a lot of truth. Yeah. Um, And you can normally always work it out. I mean, we've had some like, yeah, pretty funny stories of having to do quite a lot ourselves in like some of the logistics side (laughs) and things like that, but you kind of, you can always do it. <laughs> mm, yeah, exactly, and like uh, our it, size at least.
0: If you don't try, you don't know. So you might not think a certain avenue is gonna be gonna work for you, and then if you try, you're like, actually that worked really well. We found a niche here. So I guess you just don't know. And so you guys went to uni together. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how your friendship started, and then how kind of elite came out of that? And also, there's two sides to this question: <laughs> what was like the catalyst moment when you were both like? we need to start with
2: this. Shall I give the, the summary of yeah, friendship yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. can go for how elite started. So yeah, Hal and I met each other God, first week of um, university at Bristol. Both were pretty into our sport at school so we both ended up playing um, rugby for four years together. So yeah, we uh, we met in kind of freshers and kind of been best mates, lived together for yeah four years in different households with different friends. But um, yeah, kind of always been kind of good mates since then and then we kind of got to we so we did our bachelor's at um, bristol so how I did economics and politics and i did economics and management and then we both had an opportunity to stay on play a bit more rugby and do a master's so i ended up pivoting doing computer science which is completely a bit unrelated. Rogue. A bit rogue yeah. and then how I went for innovation entrepreneurship and that's kind of maybe where it all started so i'll let how I take over yeah no i think um so yeah, I did an Innovation Entrepreneurship Masters
1: and I'd had the rough idea of creating a protein cereal from um, background in sport, exercise health is, is my passion and fitness and that type of thing. Um, but it was always very much just an idea and I wrote, as part of my application to that um, degree, you had to pitch in 500 words an idea. Um, so it's quite funny looking back now to see like what parts of the business are aligned with what I said and what parts are actually very, very different. Um, but... That year that we were doing our master's year was, was the Covid year, so to speak. Um, and so a lot of our course was online, a lot of the sport and other kind of extracurricular stuff that you and I would normally do, you couldn't do, obviously. Um, and we were in a flat in Bristol with two of our, our best mates, still are. Um, and I guess what started out as a bit of fun and kind of wanting to research an idea and thinking it had potential um, as we kind of spoke to a few people who were were like mentors through Bristol University or through the rugby club and as we actually started to get into the research and do some very early stage business plans for want of a better word um, we started to see that there was quite a lot of potential there Um, but I think it was only really when we applied for a couple of like grant uh, funding competitions at university we're fortunate enough to be winners and had sort of two days of trials in the UK and created a product that uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Our product now is far superior, but at the time was more than edible and had all the nutrition and like, sort of, gave us the confidence that it was actually possible to to create what we were trying to create. I think it was only really then that we kicked on and actually, um, you know, took it with a level of seriousness that it was good enough to, to start a business. Um, so I'd say it happened quite slowly over time, and maybe that's like thinking about now. it it kind of took us 18 months and when we started taking it seriously it definitely could have taken us 12 Mm. but obviously like everyone you (laughs) make mistakes when when you're a first time founder and that type of thing so that's kind of not a regret of ours but I think we definitely could have done it faster but um, it developed quite like organically and naturally over time I think we spent a lot of time speaking to people at the start rather than probably doing which actually now that we've started the business is great because a lot of that, sort of, those sort of words of wisdom from different founders and people has actually been very helpful. But at the time, you probably should have yeah. been doing a lot more doing. Um, but yeah, it kind of developed over time quite quite slowly and naturally. So.
0: Yeah, well, I think when you said you spoke to loads of people, I yeah. think it's actually so good because you learn so much. I mean, you haven't been in the cereal market before, you haven't been in food before. No. So in terms of that, I guess it's really smart just to speak to as many people as possible. Yeah,
2: I yeah. think yeah. <laughs> because of... Um because of covid and everything everyone was so willing to kind of you could reach out to people on linkedin and they'd give you half an hour of their day just just chat and we spoke to some great people had some funny conversations with <laughs> yeah how tell. I, I was
1: gonna say I, I probably shouldn't say his name you might don't know if you want us to say but there was a, a founder of quite a um well a very successful like protein powder company um and we were fortunate enough through a contact at bristol union to get a conversation with him and it was our first it was like the sort of the highest profile person we'd ever spoken to. Yeah. And um we were quite nervous for the for the call and did what we thought was like a bit of prep, but in the thinking <laughs> back of it now, we didn't do anything. Um and and we kind of got like a bit of a schooling really because in a great way he pushed us quite hard on like our idea, how are we are gonna do it, who it was for, um, asked all like the questions which now you should know about the time you think like why is this guy being so harsh to me? Like I'm just telling him about my great idea of creating He's a healthy serial. Um, an and, and and actually we came away from the call, cool, like kind of tail between our legs, like feeling a bit wounded. But it was it was like the perfect thing we needed because I think at the time we thought like it was all a bit plain sailing and then having someone like ask all these difficult questions, um, mainly just about like a great idea means nothing, you've got to action it. And then I think from then on we realised we need to do a bit less talking and a bit more doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's served as well from that point on. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. funny. But yeah. I think,
0: you know, when you have got an idea and you are excited by it, it's really easy just to, like, just think it's like... Because you know what it is in your head, but putting mm. it in words is something else. Yeah. And so you're, like, really... It's easy just to kind of get on the hype and be really excited and then actually not go through and think about all the nitty-gritty. Because mm. I had someone really similar... Um, I had a conversation with someone, Greedy Vegan was up and running. I thought it was the best thing in the world. had a conversation about how to grow it. He literally just completely tore it to pieces. And I was like, you're so right. And I actually rebranded after that because he was like, your brand looks like Asda. And I was like, you're so right. Like, (laughs) oh my God, it does. And I mean, I probably shouldn't say this on here, but it did look like that and it Mm. wasn't the best. And sometimes you need an outsider as well to look in and be like... I can see that. I can see that because obviously you guys have got each other to bounce ideas off of and like see it from different points of view. But it takes an outsider really to be able to like look in and see see all the details. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. And it's still the case. I think people close to you are very like complimentary of everything you're doing. And um, some of your closest friends, I think, have like have the kind of respect. Or you both have the respect of each other, to be honest. But a lot of people are always going to be very supportive, especially early on your journey. So I think it's actually. You know, you learn way more than, from someone being critical than you do from someone being complimentary. Mm. Um, and I think there's a few people that we still kind of go to for advice that have been critical in the past because we respect that they're going to give us the honest opinion. Yeah. yeah. You go um, into
2: the call going, you know you're going to get a schooling or yeah, you know you're, you're going to get, get, get criticised in yeah, certain areas, which questioned. is always kind of what yeah. you want, though. And yeah. I think that's where we're kind of at the stage now is we've had almost like reverse where we've been doing so much but haven't been talking so much. So we're trying to kind of get back in with kind of like the advisors that side of things and trying to get a bit more kind of a high level oversight and not criticism but like being that kind of critical mind and that's how I reckon we'll of improvement Mm.
0: I think it does go in ways I think like you've got the idea you want to talk about it Mm. so like you're speaking loads then you get loads of like advice and like what to do next like right get head back down do it do it do it done it speak about it then go back down so I think that's kind of how it works anyway but um no it is super interesting so when you were at Bristol and you had this idea and you were saying like you it was edible and you like you created it and you could eat it how did you create this edible product like was this from your kitchen at, at uni sorry or had you gone somewhere and got it made because this product that i'm looking at here i couldn't make this right now
2: no yeah can't. so well i guess in the yeah. first when we first started out we naively thought oh let's see if we can try and make it in a kitchen like a baked good it was almost like a, a baked like a prototype a, yeah, yeah a prototype and we were we were just playing with kind of plant proteins like fibers just mixing ingredients almost like you just kind of baking it holds me, which is quite funny. Baking a cake. Basically. Yeah, baking a cake, little <laughs> mini cakes. And um, from there, it kind of, we very quickly realised that obviously it was not possible to do it in a kitchen and you need a machine called an extruder. So it's the the same machine that's used to produce kind of texturised vegetable proteins in plant-based products, cereal. There's kind of a variety of kind of different products that are used um, use extruders. And we actually in the very early stages with some of the initial grant funding reached out to a um, consultant um, lovely lady called Michaela and she helped us kind of understand the process of producing a cereal and the the manufacturing that goes into the whole kind of production as, as such and then from there we were kind of networking trying to find people who could produce it for us we got a lot of no's from a lot of the, the big names that um, you kind of associate with cereal, the ones that I produce for like Kellogg's and all the other big supermarkets and White Label. And we actually ended up coming across this lab called Baker Perkins in Peterborough. And they actually make the extrusion machines, but they don't actually produce any products, but they have what is called an innovation lab. So people who are looking to go and buy extruders get to go and test their extrusion kind of capabilities in their lab as such. Mm-hmm. And they were very kind of um, kind of, I guess, willing to, to work with us and do a bit of kind of side work um, in helping us produce the product. And that's kind of where we first learned how cereal was made. It was pretty crazy going into yeah. seeing it extruder. You just go, it's a massive machine. And it was quite kind of daunting at the start, but you kind of, we slowly, because we were kind of in a lab where they make them, you kind of understood the like process of who's kind of working in different areas, the, the thinking behind the extrusion process as a whole. Yeah, no,
1: I think the, yeah. The only thing I'd add, I guess, it comes into what he was saying around like the naivety creating the product, but we went about creating the product from quite a almost like a mathematical perspective and a nutrition-based perspective. So, I guess the whole concept of what we're doing is that we challenge the idea that it's not possible to make a healthy breakfast cereal. And in doing so, we had a few bits of criteria in terms of protein levels, fibre levels, um, where we were looking for the carbohydrate content to be, all of that type of thing. And we kind of had set almost like parameters. Um, And we did a little bit of looking elsewhere internationally. There was a couple of US products that were doing well. uh, Magic Spoon being one, but it's a a milk-based product. Um, Three Wishes, Kathleen and Crunch, a couple of others. And then, I don't sound it at all, but my family lives in South Africa and there's a a product there called Future Life um, that was doing quite well. And we kind of had a mixture of, from the nutritional perspective, but then also almost like backdating some of these products mathematically on an Excel to work out what their exact like input recipes were. Um, and then kind of, you know, taking inspiration from certain aspects and then adding our own bits in terms of nutritional perspective, uh, taking advice on what would work from an extrusion side of things. So it was kind of like a multiple pronged approach. Um, and I think we tested nine core recipe. recipes <laughs> basically in the first trial, seven of them were utter disasters One was okay um, and one was actually pretty good, um, which is the base of what we've gone on to create, but then there was was far more trials after that. But I think we had a little bit of luck as well. I think I I would definitely say that. I think in in how we created a product probably isn't traditionally how you should uh, run your R&D or product (laughs) development. But I think by starting out with kind of almost like the end result and working backwards, we made sure that if a recipe was correct we had all of our health credentials we were aiming for within the recipe um
2: so yeah it was a it was a fun experience (laughs) yeah we tried kind of a variety of like the the first recipe that we kind of thought was okay or half decent we that is kind of iterated and iterated that actually started off more as a chickpea based product a bit similar to to brave and three wishes in um, the u.s and that kind of evolved from there we started using different proteins testing different plant proteins because some taste really not very good <laughs> mm. and then some uh, taste better and extrude better expand better so it was really interesting kind of learning that kind of kind of stage of the process as such mm.
0: i think you mentioned luck but i do think you kind of make your own luck like yeah. hearing what you guys are saying you did so much research on what was already out there which is so smart like you weren't like i know what i like i know what's going to work let's do this it was very much Let's look at what's out there in the market. Let's kind of work from what we've got with them and then do it in our own way. And I think that's really smart because I think it's really easy just to be like, I know what I'm doing. Even if you might not know, you might think you do and just kind of like wing it. But I think there's actually Mm. a lot of thought gone into it. And although you might say it's backwards, I think actually it kind of works like that because you have gone about it through through the competitors yeah and do you ever have like a bit of imposter syndrome when you get to the cereal factory thing and you're like oh my god like what what's going on like is this going to be okay like am I going crazy or is this going to be fine like did you ever feel like wait is this okay like am I am I allowed to do this is this gonna be okay
1: yeah first trial I was very nervous yeah. I remember when we were going into um and, and all the people there were so nice uh the the head of sales who originally got us in this guy called Dave Simmons who's really nice and he was one of the few people a bit controversial but I'd say he was one of the few people at the start that actually gave us any respect about the idea I think a lot of people just probably rightly so though yeah. just thought oh it's two students they did not know what the hell they're on about and uh, they're never going to create a business so what's the point in like investing any time them now? Um but Dave from like the first call we had treated us like we could have been Buying an extruder 50, 55 <laughs> 55, 50, 60 million haven't been in the industry for 30 years <clears throat> or at the time we were yeah 22, 23 um, <laughs> 21 um, and so like I think we owe a lot to him for um, showing us like the time of day basically but I think yeah we did feel pretty horribly out of place I think the, the only thing which I took confidence in is that and they could have been encouraging us slightly but they said when we turned up that they get major, major companies turning up I on not the same amount of research and come as prepared as we had with all the recipes and how we had kind of like actioned everything out on a trial plan and all that type of thing but I think we put so much effort and time into the planning and like wanting to turn up looking like we knew exactly what we were doing probably to cover (laughs) our backs because we were nervous I remember driving in the first day being being very nervous I think once we'd had a little bit of success on on one of the recipes I think we then relaxed a little bit because it was like well we've actually created something that's could be quite good here but <laughs> yeah definitely I think we, all the time though I think even now like we've had quite a lot of success and stuff like with the panel organic stuff but even when you're yeah you don't really feel I don't I don't know and you, you might be different but sometimes I think when you're in a room with like other founders I would still automatically think they're not better than me but like you know they're more senior more
0: experienced mm, yeah. or
2: whatever even though we might have had more success than some of them but I would still look up to all of them yeah uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. quite funny when you like chat to a lot of like like for example um i'm sure you won't mind but Ollie's been a great kind of um ollie hiscox from ollie's oh yeah ollie snacks now um he's been like a great advisor and just kind of we would just send him messages what do you think of this what do you think of that and kind of having that you always kind of look up to those people who are in the same position but in kind of like a couple of years ahead of you and you kind of yeah it's a, a funny relationship in a way yeah the day someone sends me a message for advice I'll be like what are you asking yeah. me for yeah literally <laughs> it's a weird thought. Um, yeah the
0: respect would... thing is interesting as well yeah. like I've definitely had it when I because I think also I'm a girl so when I speak to someone on the phone and they, mm. they're like who's this young girl asking me questions <laughs> like what you don't really get the respect but I think
1: yeah.
0: you kind of earn it throughout your what you do and I think you guys are certainly doing that with Planet Organic now and like have you you know you mentioned the um, protein powder yeah. guy? Have you ever sent him? You no, know we now? were saying
1: that we were saying that the other day. Um, we we really should. I mm. think uh, he also he <laughs> came yeah. out with a couple of clangers on that call. Uh,
2: <laughs> he was, was asking us like
1: what we want to be in. What are you saying? About? We, we, say, want we want to be the uh, We want to be the
2: healthy cattle. Uh, something like that. And some, oh, but some I think um,
1: no. I think as you say, uh, the kind of what we're up against wouldn't be nearly as much what you're up against, and you have that privilege of. of um, having one less barrier than you, probably. But I think in terms of, and we always laugh in terms of age. She always jokes that I look a lot older than I look, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then I just come on. It's um, quite funny. <laughs> but we all, we <laughs> often do joke when people haven't maybe met us or actually maybe don't know who we are um, when we turn up for things. We
2: probably yeah. always laugh, thinking
1: therefore we're expecting. I don't yeah, know, we normally we normally be... a lot older.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all the meetings are normally on like Zoom or kind of on a on a phone and you just like and then they, you meet them in person they go oh you're much bigger than i thought <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, so funny. Behind the camera. yeah I'm,
0: honestly i have the opposite everyone thinks i'm i, I, when, I when i meet people they're like oh you're, you look really young and i'm like <laughs> oh my god this is so frustrating and yeah. i remember i don't know if you guys know zebra actually yes. could be a good yeah. one for you guys um so i had a call with them so when yeah. i launched they hadn't launched yet and i think his name's enzo um he was like messaging on linkedin be like can we have a call i want to find out what what you're doing because we were kind of doing similar things although they were more like the gorillas
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: so we had a call and i just thought it was like a one-to-one call and his whole zebra team were on this call and he was like where's your team georgia and i was like right here like this is just it like it's just me and it was one of those really weird moments where I just felt so young and they were all kind of, they had a range of different ages there and they were like telling me all their ideas and what they were going to do and I was like, oh my God, this is so intimidating. But I think in a way, the age thing is works to our advantage as well. I think
2: so. I think because you think. naturally become, I guess in a way, quite humbled because of your age, you kind of always like, it's kind of it's that automatic respect like you say that you have for other people and you kind of are very kind of Open and wanting to kind of get as much from them as you can, and I think that's the the thing that we found is that you kind of you give as much as you can, and and a lot of time you do get a lot back, particularly regardless of the the age thing. And I Mm. think it's yeah, I think
1: a lot of time for us, and I mean, depends on on what people speak to us. But I think when we're at trade shows and events and sampling stuff, a lot of people do talk about the the passion that we have for the products, and like Mm. that's evident when we speak. And I think that's partly because that is like the true reason we created it mm. initially and sort of always will be to mm. some extent we didn't really create the product as like a business decision or an idea because we obviously didn't really have much of a clue um when we first created it so i think it was like it's quite a genuine story i think and i think mm. people like that aspect and i'm sure there'll be some people that you know maybe say oh they're, they're quite young founders or whatever but i think um i think it's you got to back yourself i think yeah like i often say, say that to you to mm. some extent i think often it, people won't really back you but i think it's kind of like if you're confident in your own decision making then i think that can go a long way mm. and i think it's great to take the advice of people more experienced and look up to people more experienced but ultimately uh, you've got to make your own decisions mm. and kind I of, think of definitely live, found live by that. the sword die by the sword yeah, a little bit and we've definitely and, found yeah. that
2: more recently i think with a lot of like the the marketing and the the sampling that we've been doing is probably not what anyone would have expected of us, but we've found some really kind of good niches. Like for example, we went to national fitness games and did two days there over a weekend and sampled thousands of bowls to athletes, families and the reception that we got there was great and the amount of kind of messages we still kind of have coming in kind of a month later saying, Oh, I saw you guys at NFG, have kind of bought your product, absolutely love it, addicted, got the subscription, it's those sort of kind of things that you probably wouldn't have thought would work but because you kind of that blind naivety and you kind of confidence in our approach you kind of go for it and some pay off some some don't pay some off don't, but
0: yeah, yeah no no definitely so i want to move on to a bit more about the product so is performance cereal like for someone who's thinking like what is that what does that mean
1: so elite is a balanced high protein cereal so what we try to create is a nutritional product that um can give you whole body benefits um so whether that's eaten in the morning, in the afternoon as a snack, what we're creating is a product that's going to fuel you, but also help you cover, keep you sustained. So in terms of the kind of nitty gritty of the product, so to speak, um, the protein element in the product is yeah is there to um, help you kind of recover, help, like help muscle recovery. We use a plant-based uh, blend of organic sunflower protein and soy protein. Um, so uh, the product's a complete protein source, which is um, what's uh, a phrase known for a protein source having all nine essential amino acids um probably don't need to go down any more (laughs) than that um i think where uh, a lot of people and it's actually a fine balance for us when we describe the product around kind of protein cereal because a lot of people refer to the category as the protein cereal category but for us whilst we have the protein we're a lot more than that and we don't really want to even call ourselves a protein cereal although it helps sometimes with sales (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you describe yourself as protein cereal so the fibre element and the gut health element is huge for us um, so per serving we have 10 grams of fibre which I believe um, people can fact check us if you like there's, there's a yeah, couple brands I think there the might people. be one uh, very niche granola brand in the UK but other than that we're the highest uh, fibre of, of breakfast cereal and granola in the UK and per 10 grams of fibre there's 7.5 grams of prebiotic Indian in the product um, which is a, a quantity that's actionable amount to feed the good bacteria in your gut so um that kind of combining the protein and the fiber and then um the carbohydrate sources is rice flour and chip flour so low gi or slow releasing carbohydrate sources um designed to fuel you low in sugar to stop the sugar spikes and sugar crashes so that word balanced in the title we always refer to ourselves as balanced high protein cereal that word of balance is really trying to um describe the kind of like balanced nutritional makeup so i've gone quite technical. no 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 i,
2: I yeah, jumped, just, jumped in with the uh with the specifics but yeah i think because of the the balanced nature of the product it can be eaten by so many different people from kind of your kind of professional athletes who are training day in day out but also kind of your everyday joes kind of everyday joggers we kind of call them and i think that's the the interesting thing that we found is that people have found benefits own benefits in different niches so the performance side it's more the, the protein, the, the The gut health is a really big thing that's kind of increasing in that side and then in kind of everyday kind of working professionals who may go to the gym now and then it's the, the filling nature, stop some snacking that's what they really like about the product so I think it's been really interesting to learn over the last three months how the different, because like you said the tick box of having all of these high protein, high fibre, low sugar gluten free, vegan friendly, low GI's. learning kind of why people enjoy it for what it is, and not just because of certain elements as such,
1: yeah, I think that that benefit uh, piece is really interesting because, as you say, a lot of the food and beverage market has become a tick box for for these sayings mm-hmm. like high protein, high five, low sugar. but I think what's been important for the consumer and what we try and get across as well in some of our copy and some of our maybe like more educational pieces is around like what the product can actually do for you because, the fact of the matter is that a lot of people still probably, I, mean, I think we'll come on to the conversation I think, we um, around protein and, and, and um, sort of it's perception by a lot of people and things like that but for us I think a lot of it in, in terms of the, the satiety or keeping people full, the high protein and fibre is what's actually doing that kind of um, scientifically in the body so it sounds very cheesy I think but I think a, the, a lot of the reason that people don't eat breakfast anymore is because it's packed full of sugar and that type of thing but also because of that it never keeps people full so you know you hear people say oh you know I could have a uh, whole box <laughs> I could have three bowls of uh, yeah you shouldn't probably call Cheerios. people out three bowls of country out, let's say yeah. um, and that's because it's, it's basically got it hasn't really got much in the product it's very high in sugar and that's the reason it's not keeping people full so I think you know whether you're like a working professional or whatever your job really is to be honest or whatever your, your sort of life is but having a breakfast that actually keeps you full to lunch is such a basic need of breakfast (laughs) Um, that it's not really provided by cereal so I think it's funny when we and we'll come on to talk about competitors as well I'm sure but we're not necessarily competing against other breakfast cereals to some extent because a lot of the health conscious portion of the market have probably moved away from cereal now and I think we'll talk about the market but it actually declined between 2014 and 2019 so a lot of what we're doing is providing people that convenient healthy choice that uh, and that convenience is really key, the fact that, I don't know, how quick can you eat a bowl of cereal? Two minutes, the yeah, way yeah, you eat problems. probably. <laughs> um, so, you know, whereas, uh, know, whether you have to cook eggs or whether you want to um, create an overnight oats or all that type of thing, and it's a lot more nutrient-dense in some of those offerings, but and that convenience aspect of why we all actually love cereal in the first place is that it's so quick and easy, um, and I guess that kind of goes back right back mm. to why we could create the product, is that why can't something that's so quick and convenient uh, and enjoyable, be healthy. Mm. Um, And why can't you combine taste and health? Because often things are very tasty and bad for you, or very healthy and not very tasty. Yeah, for sure. And breakfast
0: is like the most important meal of the day. Like for sure, I'm a big breakfast person. And I think if you don't eat the right breakfast, your whole day then is a little bit, you're never quite satisfied. You eat and you're not, you're not. I just, my whole day is a bit messed up if i don't have a yeah, breakfast right like I mean. and some people are always like oh like i really struggle for example i've heard people say i really struggle with my weight and i'm like well, like what do you like What how do you eat and they're like well, i skip breakfast i'm like oh there you go mm. and like it just seems like an obvious one. one oh i'm not gonna eat i'm gonna skip a meal and i'll you know have a better diet but it's so not true like it just sets you up for the day for sure
2: i think yeah the the diet stuff's really interesting because particularly with like the the keto and the ketogenic stuff and a lot of that came into so the US side of things on the the protein cereal. a lot of their products are keto focused because it's a massive market in the US and i think we saw a bit of an opportunity in the UK as being a bit more of kind of we call it sustainable nutrition because ultimately ketogenic diets shouldn't be they should be done on cycles not kind of all the time and i think it's uh, an interesting kind of market that is evolving but i think we've always kind of had the belief that you should kind of have the the be, all kind of macros in one to kind of fuel you through your morning, I don't think it's just one or the other and I think that's the, the interesting kind of inspiration that we took is, it's not just a protein syrup, it's not just a keto protein cereal, it's balanced high protein cereal with the, the other elements and they're almost just as important particularly on like the fibre and the carb side mm.
1: Yeah, I think the, the keto one's an interesting one, I think a lot of people use the word keto now for a higher protein, higher fat lower carb diet in general um, not really in, in achieving mm. the state of ketosis because um, yeah, you hear a lot of people saying "on a keto diet," and you see what they're eating. No, I can assure you, they're not in a state of ketosis. So, um, but no, I think in in general, um, the you know whether the, the terminology is right, but the desire for for people to eat a higher protein, um, lower carb diet in general is great. But I think people mustn't forget that carbohydrates are what fuels us. Mm. Um, is the energy that our body needs, and actually, in the diet culture that's created. All around the world, not necessarily in the UK, carbs are portrayed very negatively. But actually having the right carbohydrate sources is actually very important to how you perform. Um, I think a lot of people who are health conscious often end up doing um, a lot of exercise and that type of thing. And then you do need the carbohydrates to um, fuel you. So I think it's creating that balance, which is what we've tried to create. Yeah,
0: Yeah. definitely. So I want to move on to... How girls may perceive the product because I think girls, and now I'm being very generic here, but I think girls may get scared of protein sometimes. I think sometimes protein equals bulk or mm. equals all those kind of things that girls mm. might be put off of. So, do you mind sharing a bit about why this? I mean, you have spoken about why it's for everyone, but why girls kind of shouldn't be scared of protein and maybe why girl, this product would also appeal to both men and women
2: yeah yeah i guess to be honest it's a bit yeah it's it's a bit of a i guess an education piece and i think it's something that we've tried to do from the start from when we launched and i think in even on like packaging we talk about the kind of benefits that you can have from having the the high protein element and just because you don't train in the gym or you you do running instead doesn't mean that you you still need protein in your diet and i think the the need is always going to be there but it's the the education and i think Particularly with protein shakes and protein bars, there's a lot of kind of I guess stereotypes of the type of consumer that would eat those, and I think we're trying to kind of I guess slightly break that mold and also provide an alternative. And I think we've actually seen, particularly in um, it's a niche area, but female sport is a lot of kind of uh, women in kind of top sport don't actually like shakes that very much because of various different factors and don't really like drinking protein shakes as a whole. And I think it's really interesting that. Because it's so versatile as a product, and people can use it as a topping as an alternative to granola on yogurts, they can use it with milk, they can put it on their porridge if they like, or they can have it kind of snack on it dry and I think the versatility means that it can be almost used in different eating occasions and the alternative to shakes is definitely something that we've seen particularly in the female market so far
1: so we do supply man United ladies um,
2: ah, yeah,
1: so that's
0: so great lately.
1: So that's a good example, but I think in general, as you say, it's a huge misconception in the in the in the kind of health and fitness world that protein is an essential macronutrient, the same as um, you know carbohydrate or fibre. It's it's needed by the body, for, uh, and one of its kind of uh, main benefits is it helps re- repair cells and muscle tissue, which is the growing of muscle and that type of thing. And that's I think what's been taken by the industry as being bulky and growing muscle. And I think a lot of the marketing you might see when people drink shakes or eat a um, protein bar is um you know the people represented in that sort of advertisement are probably in the 0.1 percent of hyper-trained um, individuals um and that's great for them and and you know people might take it two ways they might aspire to to, to be that well um trained or whatever or actually it can be off-putting because you think if you just have that protein shake you'll look like that and that's actually quite a negative because you know the people that are in those advertisements probably train very hard to look the way they do or, or whatever so i think um what it should be seen is a as an essential macronutrient to help you perform and i think um women's fitness women's health women's sport um in, in the last five ten years particularly in the last couple of years the success of the lionesses and that type of thing is Um, so much more high profile I think the rise of like functional fitness and crossfit has been extremely good for the the female side of the market in terms of like female empowerment to be strong, lift weights Um, maybe you know it's not necessarily for everyone but I think uh, move from traditionally like a more cardio based sort of fitness to like lifting weights being in that kind of um, demographic and I think yeah as you said it is an education piece over time but actually whether you're in a female body or or a male body there is of course differences of what's required nutritionally um but uh protein intake to help your body perform isn't one of them um and i think over time that that will Mm. um that will help i think in terms of kind of our specific brand in trying to um appeal to both um both sexes i think in terms of our actually sales data to be on mm. pretty 50 50 um and i think that's probably due to the diverse nature of the product and having the gut health side of things is definitely helpful because i think um the female portion of the market have a greater understanding around the gut and are more open and honest about potential gut issues and, and, and pursuing products that might help them um no doubt but i think yeah it will be an education piece over time just to um realize that actually look the balanced nature of the product is going to fuel you whether you're uh, male it's female fun, or yeah. gender, you might be. it's funny because
2: like with the the male and female it's kind of opposite there's the education and demand for the protein on the male side but the gut health and fibre side is really lacking education and understanding particularly in male and then it's the opposite kind of the female side of things understands the benefits of the gut health and the fibre but maybe not so much the protein so it's trying to kind of bring them closer together in a way which mm. has always been quite an interesting yeah. thing and we've always I think it's one interest that we've always had from the start, and that is growing massively. And gut health is going to be massive. I wouldn't be surprised if it's bigger than protein in a couple of years. And mm. it's, it's a fascinating subject. Yeah. And
1: I think the, the final thing, not to be too pluggy about ourselves, but <laughs> in terms of um, we do work with a lot of professional nutritionists, and, and we do work with a lot of professional sports teams. I think that's a really interesting avenue for us, getting the insight from those nutritionists. Um, one of them, Dr. James Moorhead, who does bristol bears and then England women's rugby so i think he has a great perspective of um both sides perhaps male and female sport and what some of the challenges might be and um he will speak about it far more coherently and and um from a much higher level of education than i ever would but he he you know in the conversations we've had he talks about kind of um you know how potentially in, in female sport there's a slight more honesty around like the gut health issues and that type of thing um but and perhaps in, in male sport there's uh, a touch more uh arrogance around the fact that there isn't any gut health issues and that type of thing so i think getting that balanced nutrition is is really important and i think um yeah ultimately it is an education piece but we are very much wanting to appeal to all and everything we're trying to do is is to try and promote that um whether that might be what sex you are or whether you're as you said like a, a weekend jogger right through to professional sports person really the need for the nutrition is all the same if you're professional sport you might need um Slightly like more take intake, slightly like more protein, but in terms of the actual requirement to the, for the protein and, and nutritionists,
0: yeah, no, I think that's yeah. so good. I think also having those nutritionists on board really helps you guys with the education yeah. part because obviously, you guys are growing the brand, you don't have obviously you're doing an amazing job and educating as well, but you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So, having those guys kind of backing you and doing the education part for you to an extent is really great to have that I as
2: think well. It's, I think it's really, big, yeah, yeah, it's a big credibility piece for us as well. I think we have we understand that we don't have kind of professional education in that area and neither do we in Sierra and that's why we got kind of help from consultants in certain areas. But I thought we kind of recognised that nutrition is kind of a space that you don't really want to come with no background or kind of that backing as such. And I think it's helped us in one, the education for ourselves and as founders we're kind of learning day in day out about different parts of the nutrition and um, the cereal etc but also that kind of credibility piece to say have these kind of nutritionists saying yeah this this product's good for professional athletes all the way down to your kind of everyday joes Yeah, it's, it's been very important for us as kind of building that awareness around kind of why you should eat elite.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah no definitely yeah. so i want to go on to a bit about the market and the competition because as you mentioned the cereal market as a whole kind of definitely dipped and mm. i mean we probably grew up eating kellogg's or cheerios or i don't know what you guys mm. grew up eating and probably crave or i'm just yeah, trying to think yeah. of some of them i
2: was a big crave fan yeah i
0: think my brother definitely was as well and i the yeah i think the market everything else there's so many challenger brands coming into the food space but cereal kind of got left for a while like it was a bit of an untouched area and now we've got you guys surreal and brave and Mm -hmm. i want to highlight those three because they're the kind of well you guys and those two sorry because they're the ones that kind of stick out in the uk at the moment Mm -hmm. for me personally so how is the market now first question and secondly how are you guys with the competitors and yeah yeah what's your relationship with all that
2: yeah i think i think it's quite funny just coming back to the um the piece around kind of the lack of innovation i think when you look across to the US and America it's it's normally the case that kind of they're almost like three to five years ahead of us in terms of trends and a lot of trends come from the US to the UK and I think it was there's probably a reason that all of us kind of came into the market in the same year Um, and it's because there was a lot of innovation in the US probably three years um, before and particularly with Magic Spoon they're kind of the big name that everyone knows um, in the US and I think we probably all started there's actually a really funny story um that I'll let how I tell but the, everyone kind of probably started around the same time in terms of the product development whether it's eighteen months two years so that's always been interesting to to see and surreal got there probably slightly before us and Brave um launched kind of i guess alongside their the other portfolio but yeah we kind of we knew about surreal for quite a while which is yeah I'll let. <laughs> it's, I think it's interesting yeah I' tell that story so
1: um, we 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 know the oh, well, we've met people at surreal from um, lunch they're both both all, all their workers are really nice um, and it was actually an interesting one so uh, at Bristol there was a, a mentorship scheme where um, you could apply to have a mentor and I obviously expressed an interest in entrepreneurship um, and there was a guy called Mike Gamble who's co-founder of Days Brewery I don't know if you heard of Days mm-hmm. but a very good non-alcoholic beer check them out if you uh, if you need one and um he was a really nice guy he was very very nice to me in terms of um probably spoke i don't actually remember maybe like five times let's say on, on zoom um talking around some of my like ideas um and i mentioned him around the cereal and all that type of thing and we had a very like funny slash maybe mildly uncomfortable situation where um kit his younger brother who is the is co-founder of Surreal, um was also looking at a, a similar space and we'll come on to actually i think we're quite different in many respects and also probably working together in some respects as well um so unfortunately it was kind of a situation where i couldn't really have mike as a mentor anymore because his brother was also working on something similar (laughs) um but had a a great opportunity to um catch up with them at lunch which is like a food and beverage expo recently um and that was actually the first time i met mike in person which was really weird um but that was great so you know that's that's a funny one i think in terms of like the the market like you're going back to I think yeah it it did in terms of pure financials it did decline between 2014 and 2019 I think 2020 it it rose quite rapidly but basically because of COVID (laughs) Um, and people having a lot more at home breakfast and that type of thing so in general the market declined because there was an innovation I think when we started to be truthful we actually thought we were the only people doing it but like as you naively do do, exactly Um, and I think you know there was certainly times when a couple of um, brands launched and you think like geez, you know, um, here comes a bit of competition. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, you can take that two ways. I think probably the maybe slightly increased maturity now having done what we've done, we kind of recognize that actually um, this new sort of category of healthy cereal, having multiple players in the space um, is actually very helpful for growing the general awareness of the brand, um, helping consumers recognize that actually the ingredients that are going into these type of products are very expensive. It's a very expensive product to make. Um, it is quite a premium category, there's no doubt but I think you can see from the price points of other competitors that you know, this product's not not priced where it is to um, necessarily make a lot of money, it's a it's a premium product and I think everyone's a little bit different, I think maybe um, I'm sure right, Surreal would pitch their brand much better than us but maybe they're going a little bit more like child nostalgia if you look at their branding, if you put the products next to each other they're quite different looking um, but I think there's nothing wrong with that, I think that's great, I think in general together we're probably taking on some of the um, larger catalogs, um, etc I think for us um, and you know uh, as sort of nice as I've been about them there I, I, would, say, I would say we're going to, and trying to be the genuinely most healthy option on the market I think in that balanced way I think um, as we kind of talked about and we don't need to dive back into but I think that kind of having all the elements in terms of the protein the prebiotics having a genuine amount of prebiotics to make a, um, an actual difference on the gut having the low GI sort of carbohydrate sources we're maybe a little bit more about Sort of fueling the body, sustaining the body, um, and I think therefore sometimes people think we're maybe slightly more towards mm. like the health and fitness section of the market, which um, to some extent yeah. is, a, is a fair analysis. And I think the fact that we're um, you know sort of trusted by the best in terms of professional sports teams that we sell to and all that type of thing, I don't really mind being associated with the best because I think some of the best athletes on the planet trust our product, which is great for us. Mm. Um, but in general I don't think we see the competition hugely as like a negative I think it's actually ultimately you probably have a positive net gain on us as a business and you know Surreal have done very well with their kind of line of marketing which is um, quite tongue-in-cheek and all that type yeah. of thing and Brave's a bit different I suppose because they're not they're not like a necessary startup. they were already in snacking and they've come into a space um, so I think I We'd think, be quite yeah, quite confident that we got the best product, but uh, but like yeah, you know, I think we would show a lot of respect to the people that are doing it because I think we know how hard it has been to create this type of product. So.
2: Yeah, I think what's been really interesting. I think when we first kind of started out with the the brown side of things, I think we always knew that because of Magic Spoon, it's quite childhood nostalgic, it's quite playful. We almost assumed that there there'd be similar startups that come to the UK, and I think we saw an opportunity to be slightly different, slightly more maybe uh, we knew that we wanted to grow in a niche that was focused around health and wellness so i think that was the kind of key from the start and we knew that we were going to have to be probably slightly different to these other brands that come in and there's probably three or four of um, the kind of protein cereal brands that are more on the playful side so that's actually probably kind of helped us in a way because we're slightly different to them and having that kind of niche in a way is kind of what we're trying to target at the moment but yeah i think it's been great to they're obviously pushing boundaries in different ways. And it's interesting to see when you see different brands pop up in different areas, they have maybe done a bit more in the keto space and the, the, the kind of low carb space and the, that side of things. And yeah, it's always fascinating because you always do kind of in a way, naturally compare yourselves to Cyril. And I was really bad for that. It's like, how's actually much better at it? But I was also, Oh, what are they doing? Where where are they now? It's like, now you kind of almost, I think it was almost like after meeting them, you go, okay, we're ultimately building the same category in a way and even though we are we're not in direct competition but we're trying to go up against these big boys and i i, I yeah. believe they are taking notice now which is I mean, like <laughs> we there's there's one that's bought product into the r&d department quite quite <laughs> randomly and i was like hmm, quite strange that
1: mm. Stranger, dress yeah no i think yeah ultimately that you are and you know we are competitors but i think it's um I think, yeah, it's uh, competitors in one sense and then to some extent kind of aligned in terms of the category. So Mm. I think having some competition is great. I think, and I think for us, that's great. You you see like maybe a competitor have success and then that spurs you on type of thing. So, um, and I, I don't know whether that'd be vice versa for them or not, but in terms of, I think, yeah. Healthy competition is good in most aspects.
0: Yeah, and I think competition helps generate noise around the, around yeah. the market. Mm. I think the cereal market is changing. And if those hadn't realised, they will now because there's yeah. so much noise yeah. around both of you guys. You guys all stand out with your amazing names, the packaging. You're kind of really refreshing in the space. And I think it definitely helps. I think I had heard of Surreal before I'd heard of you guys. But then I got naturally attracted to you guys because... I think of like as you've mentioned all like the gut health benefits mm. and the the nutritional benefits to your to your brand that you guys have I think you're right with surreal they're probably going for more of the the children maybe or those they haven't got as many of your nutritional benefits and I think it's great to have competition because it just mm. highlights different brands perks I guess Yeah
1: definitely I think so
0: Yeah no. So yeah. I now want to ask the question we've got two last questions I mean right. I literally feel like we could talk all morning no. about this <laughs> but my first question to end it all up is, what was your favourite flavour out of the two... Out of the three, sorry. It was four, actually. Four? Oh, sorry, oh, my gosh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. There's only
1: three in Plant Organic. Chocolate, okay. Chocolate, vanilla and strawberry. There will be four soon, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Planet Organic, bars listening. Um listening. No, uh,
2: go on, you go first. Uh, my favourite is definitely cinnamon. I okay. think um, I've to be honest i was actually the funny thing was i didn't eat that much cereal for probably about 5 years before and i was never really that much of a breakfast person so it's quite funny though cuz everyone goes oh because i've got a bit of a sweet tooth they thought i'd probably go for the strawberry or like the chocolate and i actually just really found the, c- the cinnamon for this it's the best whereas yours is completely different
1: <laughs> yeah no cinnamon so like yeah chocolate is probably what i to say cinnamon i think gets our most rave reviews my favourite flavour is strawberry. And everyone always is always insulted. Uh, and it, yeah, I am quite insulted. And people are like, really? Oh, I'm like, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm quite a big fan of mixing them. Okay. Yeah, so I think the, the beauty of uh, how we sell the product, at least on our own website anyway, in like um, bundles, whether that's like a variety pack where you can choose your own flavours. So um, mixing them in a bowl is quite good. So chocolate and vanilla and chocolate and strawberry. Two mixes that regularly enter my bowl in the morning. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'd be pretty confident to say I've definitely eaten the most elite, I think, of anyone yeah. on the planet. Even more than you, probably. That's <laughs> so good. Half a pouch in a bowl. I think
0: I grew up mixing cereal, actually. So that yeah. is, I think it's, you've got to do it. It's like, yeah. you wouldn't just have a bowl of rice for mm. dinner. You'd have rice or something else. So yeah, I guess exactly. that makes sense to I wouldn't mix. recommend
2: all of them, though. I've seen no. a couple oh, of really? people send us photos of mixing all of that. Ah, okay, that's <laughs> a bit much going on. That's but really- I think
1: <laughs> touching on the products as well, in terms of like its diversity, in terms of nutrition, the other thing which we see a lot and i guess it's the positive nature of being like a ball or maybe as opposed to like a hoop um referencing back to some of the competitors but is that a lot of people use our products as a topper so whether that might be on a overnight oats or like a fruit and yogurt or um you know it's kind of an option to replace a granola as well um as as, as you know it can be eaten with milk it can be eaten on top of yogurt and can bees be eaten dry so yeah whether it's uh on top of like, fruit and yoghurt, it's quite nice. That's a good, good yeah. snack, yoghurt and uh,
2: mm. yoghurt. Yeah. <laughs> Favourite blend is Lilk. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, of course.
0: So I always end with the same question. And yeah. again, this is going to have to be individually answered. Okay. What would be, because this podcast is all about food, yeah. what would be your last meal? Starter, main course and dessert?
2: Go on, you can go first.
0: It's Ooh. really on the spot, it's question. The be better,
2: better, I would go well. curried prawns for starter.
0: Oh, good one. That's niche. <laughs> That's yes. That niche. is niche. It's very <laughs> good. Curried
2: with a bit of chutney on the side. Um, wow. It is quite a niche. Jamie Oliver recipe, very she good. He was a good back, Uh, was I, was good. A good uh I would have to go a uh, sirloin steak with sweet potato fries and cream spinach. 100%. You're his main podcast. <laughs> you can't be oh my that. god, the 100%. <laughs>
0: no one comes on here and says their last meal is vegan. I can tell you that. Even, even vegans don't say that. that. Uh, <laughs> I
2: always
1: think of that,
0: my lads.
2: Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. And then for dessert, I would. Dessert's a tough one. Um, I would probably go New York Cheesecake.
0: Wow, good one. Yeah.
2: Let's see what you've got. here at uni.
1: <laughs> you used to be able to eat a whole cheesecake, I think, once a Wow, that's um, impressive. I would go for. You gonna say you're vegan now? Yeah. You <laughs> no, know, you don't really ha- don't have to go do for that. Beyond meat burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I have, I'm gonna basically gonna go for two mains. Okay. Um, and I regularly do that. I'm gonna have a a steak, chips, and béarnaise sauce for starter. <laughs>
0: wow, you're really going in there. <laughs>
1: I'm, going in. I'm going for my family's roast dinner for wow for definitely um, my parents are <laughs> good cooks and then for pudding i would go for apple crumble and custard yeah
0: good one Yeah, I've
1: basically gone for roast dinner but I've checked the steak and for starters you might have to lie down after <laughs> yeah. that one <laughs> roast and crumble you couldn't go any people who know me know so. me that I probably could eat all that
0: wow um, that is amazing yeah. well guys thank you so much for coming thank on you. I've loved thanks this I think it's a really exciting space I think you guys are smashing it I mean three months you guys are so passionate and you can really tell and you've achieved so much already so I'm really excited for where it's going
1: thank you very, thank much. very much thanks for thank
0: having you. us on Thank you guys so much for listening and if you haven't already, get your hands on an elite bag because it really is the best. Thanks again and see you next week.